This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a vision center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Coleman. Joining me right now is Giannis, Janaeus, and Max Cohen. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what could potentially be happening if the season does come back for Fulham and the other teams in the championship. Again, uh, nothing has been settled yet, so we're just going to have a conversation. We're going to try to have a little fun on this episode. Obviously, we're all dealing with the uh, coronavirus pandemic and uh, my thoughts and prayers are to with everyone around the world. Stay safe, be healthy. And uh, that is our number one thought. But it's been a while since we did a show. And again, um, there's been a lot of talk lately about when is football going to return. So I think it's okay for us to have a conversation to throw out the different scenarios of what happens if it does. So that's what we're going to do today. But most importantly, and again, I'll just say one more time to everyone around the world listening, stay safe, be healthy, everyone. Okay. Well, let me introduce my co-host back to the show first. Mr. Cohen, how are you doing? Yo, I'm hanging in here, Russ. You know, just happy to talk with you guys again. It's been probably around three weeks since we last talked uh, in the show. So it's always great to get back on the pod. And hopefully, again, we can provide some distraction from what's going on right now and talk about when, you know, the team we love will be back in action, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, you know, of course, everything matters about the COVID pandemic being resolved or being... Absolutely. That's the more important than football right now. But as I always say, football means so much to so many people. And if you can bring 
people joy in this time of suffering, then I think that's the main thing. That's why we're talking about sports. Okay, excellent there, Max. And let me just share a little bit what Max just was talking about, because what's going on with the coronavirus pandemic, that's number one. And we're all aware of that. And when everything has gotten to the point where it's safe for sports to return, we want sports to return. So we want to still talk about sports. We know we're an outlet. And as I said in the video, I want to thank everyone that's been blogging the two other main podcasts, Talking Fulham, Fulhamish, and Fulham Focus doing shows. Thank you. Thank you for doing shows. I know it's important for Fulham fans to all stay connected to the team we love during a very difficult period, obviously during better times, but also during difficult times. Talk about the team that we love, I think, is important. So that's why we're going to do it, and we're going to have some fun with that. Okay. Mr. Janaeus, before we get going, how are you doing? I'm great. I just came back from the shops. Uh, I'm about to send a, a birthday gift to uh, to President Trump. So uh, I'm looking forward to mailing that to him, and uh, hope he likes it. I don't want to know what you'll be sending. I, I know you're kidding around. <laughs> it's a bottle, a bottle of a bottle of Domestos bleach. I thought you might, uh, you might like that. I know that he's been asking for it, so I thought I'd be nice to him this year. Okay, great to be back on the show. It's great to have you back. Great, great to, to be have back on the show. Both back, honestly, and and I'm glad that we're doing this show today. I, I we've been talking about doing a show and. Uh, Thankfully, we can do it now. Uh, we're all at our homes, and um, we want to talk some foam. So let's start here, guys. And listen, there's been a lot of talk lately about when could football return. And as I have stated already, when things are safe, I want football to return. And, in fact, I want them to finish the season. The NFL actually just came out with a statement yesterday, and it sounds like their idea, their intent is to finish the season, but only time will tell. And I've heard different dates. You know, I've heard some people throw out again. It's all speculation that it could be sometime in June. We'll see. Most importantly, when it is time to return, let's just make sure everything is safe. But, Giannis, I'll go to you first. We've talked about this. Let's just start bottom line, the options. Finishing the season, the season ending null and void, or just ending the season where we are, everyone at their place, and making a decision off of that. What are your thoughts on all of that? You know, again, let's just throw it out there. When everything is safe, what would you do if you were in charge of the EFL, of the championship? What would you do? Well, I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like to finish the season. Uh, the problem right now in the UK is if you look at the figures, um, you know, one of the famous phrases that's been coming out during all of this is to flatten the curve. Right. And it appears that in the UK that's been, you know, it's been problematic. There's been the, the death, the death rate per day is very, very high. And until it starts to go over the other side of the mountain, I think talk of, um, you know, plans for leagues opening up um, are premature. I think, um, I think with our season normally starting in August, you, you could you could wait until August, September, even October, have a very quick month, and then. Um, you could have the potential of starting the regular season, you know, soon after. The problem is you've got relegation and promotion and, and what in terms of things like Champions League and what have you. Um, and then you hear news of the Netherlands shutting down the Eredivisie yep. uh, a couple of days ago. And how much of an impact is that going to have? And I would say the size of the Eredivisie is 
you know, the roughly the same in terms of attendance and and commitment of money as as the championship. So, um, uh, I mean, w one argument is, can you have games behind closed doors? You might have to. Neutral grounds for sure. Um, but that's a shame. You've got to take the fans away from it. But then when is it safe for the players to play? And I don't think anyone knows right now. I think okay. everybody wants to get back. But it's it's just a matter of flattening that curve. And in the UK, it's not like... I mean, I live in Canada where it looks like you know we're making steps. But in the UK, the figures are still very high. Um, so, um, But my preference would be that we, we, we do finish the season. It's just a matter of when. Okay. And I'm there with you, Giannis. And I'm glad that you talked about what's going on in England. Like you said, you're in Canada, Max, and I are in the U.S. And, and we, in different parts of the U.S. and probably in Canada, too, are seeing the flattening of the curve. Actually, where I am right now, we haven't seen it yet. So everyone's trying to figure no. out what to do. And But with the situation, I'm glad that you talked about this. And I know I have mentioned June. I've seen reports of June. But I'm not going to stress this one more time. I don't want them to begin until it's safe to begin. So if June is not going to be realistic, wait, wait, wait until it is realistic. So I'm glad that you said, you know, you even talked about August. Fine. I'm, I want them to finish the season, but I want them to do it when it's safe, Giannis. So I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned what's going on in England because here, again, uh, I'm not privy to everything going on there and, uh, and the figures you're seeing as someone that used to live in England. I, I'm sure you're very close to the situation. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because regardless of when the date is, I want them to finish the season, but just do it when it's the right time. Max, your thoughts? Yeah, I think no matter what happens, I think it's clear that if the season's played, it's going to be behind closed doors, which is something that fans are going to have to put up with, and it's not ideal. But I think anyone who thinks that people will be going in, in person to see football anytime this summer is, is, is delusional. And I would rather have the season finished behind closed doors and have it declared null and void or canceled. So would I. Um, and I, I see people saying um, online that, you know, if Fulham went up, but we weren't there to see it in person, then it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be the same. And I wouldn't want it to happen that way. I, I, I just can't necessarily get behind that sentiment um, because promotion right now is, is, is the biggest thing for Fulham. And if the season's all in void and people just want to wait until they can see it in person and thus the season doesn't get finished, we're going to lose many of our best players. I mean, I, I think Mitchell could leave, um, and it's a totally different situation than us being at the cusp of going up right now. I think what I'd like to see is, is it be finished this summer. I think the number one priority has to be finishing this season before you start a new season. Right. Which is why I think people well, – Joe, I think what the Eredivisie did is, is just baffling to me. No one is saying you rush the season and start it now. You start the season when it's ready. What, what you guys right. said is completely right. You don't rush the season. But why would you – Start you know twenty twenty one twenty two before you finish twenty you know twenty twenty one right? Why you have to finish the season right now because it's it's already what three quarters of the way done essentially, and teams have already put in all that effort. Why would you why would you cancel? Why would you clear null and void? If it if you play the season in September or even November or January, that's not going to be ideal. But it's better than starting a new season over and, and just wiping away all the progress you already have. That, that right. obviously that's from perspective of a Fulham fan where we've done by any situation quite well. We're third in the league. I would say that, but I feel that's just a logical scenario is that you wouldn't start something new unless you finished the last season. So I don't see any situation in which the EFL could cancel it or clear null and void. 
you have to get this one done first. I totally agree, Max. And um, I think we might have mentioned this on the other show. I've already tweeted this out that I don't want Fulham to get promoted if, say, the EFL decided, say, the top three get promoted. Just stop it where it is. No, you have to see this out. And any of these other different ideas that I've seen, I'm just against. It needs to be seen through. Let's see how this all plays out. There are nine games. That's a huge amount of games, matches, to determine where this league ends. And there are always twists and turns. And, and Giannis, you can attest to this, especially in the last nine matches. A lot can happen. I know where Fulham are right now. And it's only fair to them, to the teams ahead of them, and and obviously the teams behind them and and the teams that are outside the – the top six, how about the teams in the relegation zone? You have to see it out. And I just disagree with anyone that wants them just to end it now and start a new season. No, 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 no. That makes no sense to me, Giannis. And I don't understand why there'd be people out there that that don't want them to finish the season off. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot riding. I mean, it depends on the divisions. I mean, uh, there are, could be arguments in the, in the in the Premier League, that Liverpool have won the title. It's, you know, it, it, it was a foregone conclusion. But you've also got the problem about who's going to make Champions League, who's going to make right. uh, Europa League, and who's going to get rele- relegated. Now, um, in our division, it's you know it's quite a race right now, and we had a, a very difficult schedule. But I do think that playing behind closed doors changes the equation because playing in front of you know forty thousand fans up at you know rabid Leeds fans up at Allen Road or you know, 35,000 the Hawthorns is different from playing in front of a dog and a, a cat called Roger. So, um, you know, I think if we play it behind, you know, you want you have to play the games because then there'll always be the, what happens if a team won their last nine games and came up the rails? You know, the, the, the true champion is the one that, you know, the teams are at the end, at, teams are at the table or in the table at the end of the season after every game is played and any games less than that always cause them to question what might have been and that's and that's a concern. So sure. that's the thing they've got to... Now, there's a statement, I think, of the sports minister about an hour ago in Britain who said, you know, he said, he thinks it'll be very difficult for any amateur sports to take place in the UK this year and I, and I would agree with that. Um, for organised sports, that's really, really tough on the kids. But there's a lot of money involved here and I think... Um, you know, if it's a matter of finding mutual venues, I think there are plenty, plenty that can be found. And um, I, I think I don't think there's any reason why the season can't be ended if it's played behind closed doors. It's just a matter of when that's going to be. And again, I'm going to go back to the flattening of the curve. Um, it, it's if if British people can do their part, practice you know physical and social distancing, not go out on the beaches, even though it's warm over there now and just stay indoors in self-isolation, then the sports seasons will start up again soon. It's a a matter of fact. But the longer they carry on doing this, the longer we're going to be waiting for a solution to the problems. Okay, excellent there, Giannis. And I'm glad we're talking about, let's put it into perspective, the coronavirus pandemic. We all want the curve to flatten everywhere. So I'm glad that we're talking about that. But, we also want to talk about what happens when it does, and we are ready to return. So you just brought something up that, again, I want to just throw out there because we're going to talk about it's more than likely, it's very likely that 
if it does return, which we all hope it does, to finish the last nine matches for Fulham and, and uh, whichever how many matches everyone else has, that it'll be behind closed doors. Will it be at Craven Cottage? Will it be at neutral sites? Like you said, I don't know about that. But regardless, I'm pretty confident it's going to be behind closed doors. So let's play this out because we know who Fulham has left. And Max, I'll go to you. And again, we're just talking about this. I want to make sure everyone understands. We understand the situation with the coronavirus pandemic, but this is a show about Fulham. So we're going to talk about what could potentially happen if the season returns. I hope you understand we are giving full respect to what everything is going on in the world. But I want to just mention this and talk about this because I want to be optimistic that eventually everything gets settled and again, um, the, the curve is flattened and everything is safe to the point where we're all safe and then we could talk about football. When we get to that point, there are nine matches left and if they decide to have them, like I've mentioned, it's highly likely they'll be behind closed doors. Max? I'm going to say this right now, and if someone has a problem with with what I'm about to say, I'm sorry, okay? But I'm going to say it. Nine matches left. As Giannis already said, an empty Ellen Road, an empty Hawthorns, okay? These matches would be harder on foam, honestly, on paper because of the crowds. Without the crowds, or it could be a neutral site. We don't know how they would do it. I actually think Fulham have an advantage because of, the amount of away matches left on as the fixtures right now. I think that, you know, again, I think what it will come down to is we don't know the type of shape each team's going to come in, but it'll come down to you taking an element out of it. It'll come down to the team that plays the best together as a team. Will it be Leeds United? Will it be West Brom? Could it be Fulham? But here's the thing. The crowd is going to be out of it. So then it becomes about who is the tightest group together that is working together to win. And I think this is a tight-knit group, Max. I think this is a team that is playing well together. Even before all of this happened, I could see them pulling together. So it's going to come down to who plays the best as a team. What are your thoughts on matches being closed doors because of the amount of away matches Fulham have left? I actually think they might have an advantage. Yeah, I think you just purely look at it at the matches we have, right? You mentioned, you know, Leeds away, West Brom away, Nottingham Forest away. Those are three major promotion contenders. Those are also both of the top two away from home. And we were looking at this before the whole COVID pandemic, thinking those are massive matches that are going to be really difficult. That's why I think a lot of people said, maybe we don't get top two just because we play both those teams away from home and likely they'll pick up points against us. Those are, tough two, those are the toughest two matches, I think, in the entire season for us. Right. Leeds, West Brom away. And if you're telling me now that those matches are going to be played in neutral ground with no fans, it's a completely different story, right? So just purely by taking that advantage away from Leeds and West Brom, it's, it's a benefit for Fulham. And if you look at the home matches we have, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, Cardiff, um, Brentford, of course, never got played in Birmingham City. Those are, I think we all, we also lose that advantage. We have to be honest. You know, we lose that advantage. We, we do. have home advantage, but I would say. It works both ways. It works both ways, but I think it works more in our favor than it does against us because we're playing probably some of the toughest three teams in the division and that advantage for them is being taken away. So overall, it's a benefit. But again, we really don't know how it will affect any of the players. 
it's no, a we alien don't. situation. They play preseason games behind closed doors. You know, sometimes during international breaks, they're behind closed door friendlies. But I can't think of a time, honestly, last time Fulham played a competitive match behind closed doors. It happens a bunch in Eastern Europe, right, when the fans right. get kind of banned for racism and whatnot, whatever they do over there. But I know, remember England played a game against Bulgaria, I think it was, behind closed doors recently. But I can't remember the time Fulham did it. If you guys can remember, let me know. But I'm stretching my mind back. I just can't think of any. Okay, very good. Giannis, your thoughts on this? And, and again, you followed Fulham for a lot longer, and maybe you can shed some light on what Max just shared. But also, again, just purely looking at, the matches that are left, and Max just mentioned the three really toughest opponents on the road. Again, these are you're going to three tough places, and now you're not going to have any fans there. And it really will come down to which team is better prepared, which team plays better as a unit. And again, we don't know what kind of shape all these players are going to be coming back in, but it's really going to come down to the coaches and the players basically coming together as a team and which team does that the best. So again, it works in reverse as Max mentioned, because again, Brentford at home and some of the home matches, you don't have the the great fans of Fulham behind you. So it really just becomes about the players and the coaches and who can do the best. But I think when you're going on the road, as you've already said, Ellen road and the Hawthorns, just to name the two taking that, taking the fans out of the equation I think is a as a benefit to Fulham, and I'm and again, if anyone has a problem with me talking about that, I'm sorry, but I just have to mention that. And I want your thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and, and it's not discount, you know, going to the, the city ground forest always never That's an easy. That's right. Max mentioned that too. It, it, yeah, I mean, if we're going to Wigan, there'll be probably more people behind closed doors than there are in a regular game, <laughs> and. And uh, QPR away, well, she's <laughs> actually sort of funny, that one. I, I like to have a good giggle at that one. But I think the, the strength of the schedule we've got, it benefits us playing behind closed doors. And, yeah, um, I see that. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's a thing. So, it, I mean, it's gonna, I think it's got to get done. I mean, you you don't really want the questions of, well, if you say from the season, as it stands now, um, you could say, well, the Leeds and West Brom go up, but then you'd have a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and that, you know, and then what? And then what happens there? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of scenarios going on here. I mean, one of the things I was actually thinking about the other day um, was um, if you if you had the you know the, the playoff final, and we were in the playoff final, it would have been a Wembley. But London, of course, is a hot spot in terms of. Uh, uh, the coronavirus, but there are other huge stadiums where you put, you could potentially have something like that. Um, but again, behind closed doors. So, for example, right. um, the, Mille- the Millennium Stadium. I was thinking that. Example. Just as you're oh, about sorry, to not, say that. Yeah, Principality. Yeah, in Cardiff. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a magnificent stadium. It, 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 uh, um, there are other venues. Yeah, uh, there are. But I think, I mean, the home games, the away games are really. I mean. Leeds is Leeds are difficult. Um, we know Forest would be difficult. West Brom would be difficult. Cardiff, I mean, even I mean Cardiff at home would still be. None of these games are what you'd call gimmies, but I do think, um, you know, if the team gets off to a flyer and they're together, and you know, it's different not playing in front of fans, but it's doable. And the fact of the matter is, it's not just us. It's um, if you look at leagues around the world and. 
Uh, a lot of them are going to be, the Bundesliga is probably going to be behind closed doors. Um, Serie A, um, La Liga, if it comes back, the North American big leagues, whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, or um, MLS, are, are probably going to be played behind closed doors. It is odd, but um, it is what it is. At the end of the day, it's still going to be 11 v 11 with a ball. That's right. And uh, the fact that going to Leeds and you're not going to have, you know, abuse shouted at you when you get up there. Uh, it's not a bad thing. And as long as we all have the opportunity to watch it on TV, which I'm sure we will, um, we can still cheer from afar. Right. And still hear G- Gentleman Jim. It would be funny listening to Gentleman Jim in an empty stadium. <laughs> <laughs> if he's yelling at the players, they'll actually hear him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that could be like, Yeah, get up. Yeah, get up. <laughs> no, you can't give that. <laughs> That would be a lot of fun. But I well, Giannis, I, I there are um, reports, I've seen some reports, that all the matches will be televised throughout the championship, throughout, that, I believe, the EFL. And I think that's the way to do it. If you're going to do it behind closed doors, you have to televise all the matches. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. If the fans can't go, they've got to be able to watch it wherever they are in the world. And I think it's an act of good faith and it still means that TV money will be coming back. And you know the viewing figures will be through the roof. Right. Through the absolute roof. And um, I think I was reading, it was a bit of a laugh but a couple of weeks ago. Of course, we know the only football league playing right now is in Belarus. That's right. And um, the Belarus, Belarus Football Association had signed contracts with China, Hong Kong. No, no, China, China, sorry, China, Japan, Philippines, Thailand. Because there was no football. There's a huge hunger in the East for for football. And they were watching these <laughs> games played in front of 4,000 fans because they were desperate to watch football. And um, you do what you've got to do, right? So right. I think if you if you televise these games, I think it would be fantastic. And I think the viewing figures will be through absolutely through oh, the absolutely. roof. I really do. So I, I'm hoping that that's the way they're going to go. And but there are some decisions to be made, and logistically this is the problem because you know that there's a band of brothers that think, for example, in the Premier League, Liverpool should be given the title now. Um, I, I don't disagree with that, to be honest. Uh, but in every other division, you've got titles and promotions and relegations to fight for. Right, Giannis, listen, you can make the argument for Liverpool, and I'm glad that you're mentioning it that way. But you also said you still have other places within the Premier League that – again, have not been solidified yet. So is it fair? I don't think it's fair, even if you were to give them the title. I don't. I think you have to see everything out, even though you know Liverpool are going to win it. Just finish it off. Yeah, yeah, and Juventus, Juventus have already... Um, what happened in Belgium? Um, um, Bruges have already been acclaimed champions. Um, Juventus were offered the championship and they refused. Um, so yeah, of course, if it was down to me, there were other decisions I'd make, like folding Chelsea Football Club, um, <laughs> trading Brentford to a team in the New Zealand Fourth Division. Okay. Um, tr- you know, stuff like that. I mean, real world stuff. Maybe QPR for a bottle of bleach, seeing as that's in the in the fashion nowadays. Um, but you've got to play the games. I agree. Yes. You've got to play the games, and if you're behind closed doors. It's going to be wall-to-wall soccer when it starts. It's going, to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, let's just talk about it in these terms. Max, back over to you, because we're talking about we have a very strong feeling it's going to be behind closed doors, which I really think it needs to be. 
And, uh, you know, here in America, I actually got into a, an argument with a fan that was very upset that matches here, like, say, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and all the major sports could be behind closed doors and that the fans should make the choice if they want to go. And I'm completely against that. It's just safety-wise, it's I, I don't understand why someone would want to do that. I think it makes sense for this season to finish off behind closed doors. So let's just go with the idea that they're going to finish the season behind closed doors. We've already talked about the scenarios with Fulham on the road, and I do think it's an advantage with the teams that they have to play going against Leeds United and West Brom without any fans. I think that there is a little bit of an advantage. But the elixir, the the issue that we have here is we just don't know which team is going to come back in the best possible shape. But would you agree with me, Max, that if you're taking the fans out of it, you're taking the atmosphere out of it, it's really going to come together a team that plays together as a team that fights for each other. Would you agree with that? I, I don't really know if that's – I don't know if that's going to make any difference. I think okay. they play the team, but it's – these players have been playing in front of crowds and, and use that kind of enthusiasm to drive them on you know, throughout their entire careers. I guess it's going to be, yeah, whoever has the internal motivation, really, who doesn't need the crowd to push them on. Right. Um, They're just going to have themselves. Yeah. That's why I said they it's going to be like the best team to play together. But I'm not sure if it's, it's going to be radically different than how, how it would be um, before uh, the pandemic. I think the, the best teams are still going to be the best teams. I'm not sure if there's going to be a big difference. Okay. What I would say is, what might make a difference is the training regiment, right? Because the last match Fulham played was the 7th of March, right? It's almost two months ago. What are the players doing at home? I'm sure they right. have some kind of individualized fitness, but I think it's a team who gets their players up to speed the quickest because there's a period when they start training and then there's a period when the matches start. In that right. kind of two, three-week period, whenever that may be, whatever club I think is the best sports science or the best um, physios, that's where you're going to see the difference. So I think you're right. There will be a difference, but I'm not sure if it's within the team and how they play together. I think okay, is huge. Okay, so you're coming down to which team comes back in the best physical shape, Max. Yeah, and, and it's the rust, right? I feel Fulham have traditionally started seasons slow. Um, maybe this season, of course, we had the terrible first match against Barnsley. We kind of picked it up after that. But if I think of the promotion season under Slavisa, the first probably one or two months, we never really found our feet. That's going to be an issue if we can't find our feet in the final nine match of the season this time. That's a good point. He needs to be able to start running and pick up right where they left off. And that's not going to be easy, I don't think no. at all. No, it's not going to be easy on, on any team. And, Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on this because I really was drilling down on the team that plays best together. But Max just brought up a great point with them being out for such a long period of time. Actually, what's going on right now with them being at home, all the players – the coach, staying in contact and staying in the best possible shape. That might be the key to how Fulham play coming out of these uh, final nine matches, meaning that we have these final nine matches. I think what's going on right now preparing them to come back might be might make the, all the difference in the world. I think Max is right. Who's in the best physical shape coming back? Yeah, thank God it's not the 1970s. Going, I'm thinking back, going in the 19 up in the 1970s and 80s. If we'd had a similar pandemic at that time, there'd be players coming back 50 pounds overweight. 
because <laughs> it was legendary players that were terrible when it came to dietary and consumption and drinking. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, 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 they'd have come back to it, the days of coming back to close season, fifteen pounds overweight, and saying, "Well, I'll work it off," is over. Um, this is why I mean, Scott Parker gave an interview about um, uh, the regimen of the players at home. I think a lot of them are probably doing a very, very good job of that. Um, but um, you know, they've got they've got to t- every player has to take care of themselves. Um, the good thing is, it's not like you're, you're waiting for a squad to blend together at the start of the season. The players all know each other. Everybody's fairly embedded. Everybody's in the same boat. Um, the points table hasn't changed, so we are where we are. Right. And uh, we know that a couple, we're a couple of results away from, you know, catching the buggers above us. Um, but I think the key has to be the players. The players we're going to know very quickly, not just our team, but all the other teams, the ones. The players that took a, took care of themselves. That's right. And the ones that didn't. Absolutely, yes. And and that's the thing. That's the thing that would worry me right now, is how well have these players been taking care of themselves? I mean, I'm going to use an example. Is Mitro? Mitro is a is 24. He's a big, strong lad, but he admits he's a big eater too. Now, uh, hopefully, his wife has been keeping an eye on what he's been eating and drinking, but. He's not on the light side. He's not. It's not like someone like a Dennis Adoy, who I would, you know, I would trust to, you know, because he's he's a very very fit player. Sure. Um, Cyrus Chris, <clears throat> Cyrus Christie is an example. Um, Stefan Johansson, will keep themselves in really really good shape. So um, how the players do is going to be important, and um, because let's be honest, the preseason. I mean, they've not even decided. What will the preseason look like? There has to surely be a preseason where you play a couple of exhibition games. It's got to be done to get established. You know, is it going to be a two-week, three-week, uh, quick and dirty um, preseason with a few exhibition games? You're going to have to do that. Sure. You know, I mean, fix it. We're going to Fulham could end up playing. I don't know. Play could play end up playing a West Ham or even an Everton, just as you know, preseason for for good warm-up. So. Right. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see that you know the people who are in shape and who are not, and uh, but we'll find out we'll find out pretty quickly who is. Who Absolutely, isn't. and Max brings up a wonderful point in something that actually concerns me because here I am talking about how Fulham might have an advantage because they're not playing, probably won't be playing in a match at Ellen Road without any fans. But the you know again the issue that they could be having is how fit are they? Are they you know, again, were they taking care of themselves? That that could be the end of being the key, guys. So I, I'm glad that we're talking about it in those terms. I'm I'm thinking about all oh, the team that you know, with no fans, that comes together and plays together as a unit. But Max brought up a great point. That won't matter if they're not in shape. <laughs> that won't matter at all if some of these players come no. back out of shape. It, it'll actually work to their disadvantage. Regardless of playing together as a team, it's going to be the team that is best prepared to come back in such a short period of time. So that's a great point by Max. Max, actually, Max, you won my, you won this argument. You actually beat me in this argument. I agree with you now. Okay. One last thing, guys, I want to talk about before we go, and it's this. Because we're all at home. We're all looking for things to do. I just want to share what I've been doing, form-related, because I find this fascinating. Yes, you are really going to appreciate what I'm about to tell you, okay? Because okay. YouTube is my friend right now. Obviously, you have all these other streaming services. But I didn't 
watch Fulham in the 80s, like you did, Giannis. So you know what I've done lately? I've watched four matches. Again, they're match of the day highlights, but they're like 30 minutes long of Fulham in the 1982 and 1983 season, Giannis. And I would recommend... Yeah. This was a team, I'm going to tell you right now, now I, I know I'm not watching full matches. I have so much respect for this team after watching these match of the day highlights because I didn't grow up with this team. And you're talking about Gordon Davis and Rob Wilson, who we've had on the show, but it's not just them. It's, it, it's all of these players. And I, I just want to tell everyone, I would highly recommend, if you're bored... Go on YouTube and search for Fulham 1982 to 1983. And I watched the match, Giannis. Fulham beat Newcastle at St. James's Park. I'm sure you remember that. Yeah, 4-1. And I got to tell you, I I loved every minute of it. And it was so fun to watch. But also the diving by Kevin Keegan, I have to say that. Sorry, I have to say that because there were (laughs) – There were two situations where, where they gave penalties, and I can't believe they gave penalties on either one of them. But, again, that was a different time, a different period, but it was just fun to watch these matches, Giannis. What are your thoughts about that team? Real, real quick. Fant- oh, fantastic. They might still be my, my all-time favorite team. I mean, you had Malcolm McDonald um, was the manager. You had Jerry Payton I there. I'm, I have to say that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're super. Ray Lewington, who's a legend, Ray Houghton, obviously, Ray Houghton? Willow and, um, and Ivor, yeah. Ray Houghton, superb player. Oh, Dean Coney was, was one of the most underrated strikers we've ever had at Fulham. He was uh, very, very good at uh, holding the ball up, tremendous ball for Ivor. And you had, you had Lock, Kevin Locke and you, um, big, big Roger Brown, and, and oh, that was, a, that was a super. That game, that game up at St. James's Park was an absolute demolition. And um, the one thing that stood out for me actually in that game was, um, and I've always appreciated him as a player. And, and you know, when he came with Roy Hodgson, we, and of course he was a manager for us, Ray Lewington. Yep. Um, just what a good player he was. That was a super. That was a, a really fun team to watch. It was. It, it really had everything about it, and they were they were exciting, and they played typical Fulham football to feet, and they were they were oh. quick and and. They were, they were a really smart team, and, and that was the thing. They weren't, they weren't spectacular, but man, they were functional, and they were. Uh, I'm, oh God, I remember that game. That was, um, that was a, that was a season I thought we were going to go up, and then um, it wasn't the B. It was the, it was that horrible uh, trip up to the baseball ground. Um, yeah. But you know, I never thought in my lifetime we'd get promoted to the Premier League. <laughs> so when we did, it was, it was amazing. And then of course there was the, the great escape. <laughs> Which right. they're putting stuff on Twitter today about that, you know, two nothing down at sea. But that team in eighty two, eighty three may be my all time favourite Fulham team. It was just and Malcolm McDonald was, you know, he wasn't my understanding is he wasn't a hands on manager, but he, he let the players play. He said what he had to say and this is a lad who played for Fulham, um, was a Newcastle United and Arsenal legend, fantastic striker, unbelievable striker in his day. And yeah. uh, they were a lovely squad to watch. Absolutely, Giannis, and uh, I'm going to be looking for more matches from that season, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And like I said, I'm not watching a full match, but I didn't grow up with it. So for me, it's brand new, and I know your love for Gordon Davis, and I now understand after watching this why you love Gordon Davis. That's all I'm going to say because 
Legend. He was unbelievable watching Gordon Davis play. Again, uh, I didn't grow up with him, so I really couldn't appreciate it. But when, when I'm watching these highlights, and he's everywhere, you really understand it. Max, I would highly recommend, if you haven't watched this, just go on YouTube. Put in full 1982, 1983, and you're going to come up with all these matches. I would highly recommend watching that. You know, I should. And I've been, so I've been looking for quarantine activities. I was watching Sunderland Until I Die, but this sounds oh. much better uh, use of my time. I've um, watched that too, by the yeah, way. First of all, I would highly recommend watch. watching that. It's hilarious. Would... Um, and, of course, Josh Maggia is at the center of the second <laughs> season and the first season. Right. That's right. He's a former Fulham Academy player, yep. and he's the guy who, who scored against us uh, in the 2017-18 season. And that match was the last match before the 23 match on Beaton Run. So a lot of really good foam connections there. It's very funny. I, I totally agree, Max. And I'm glad that you brought this up because I would highly recommend foam supporters – watching Sunderland till I die because I think you're going to have an appreciation for your, your team after you've watched that both seasons, but the second season, I'm glad that you talked about Maja because him leaving destroyed everything that they had hoped for going back to the championship. Because if he stayed, if that didn't happen, Sunderland would be on their way back, honestly, but he leaves and his replacement did not get the job done. But, and again, it's sobering to watch Sunderland until I die. So I would highly recommend that as well. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. Giannis, I hope you enjoyed talking a little film during this very difficult period for us. I certainly did. I actually watched a very, very good Netflix documentary last night that I thought I'd mention. It was, Go ahead. It was, um, called, it was called The Successors of Brentford Football Club. Um, it was very short, it was about three seconds long. So I got a lot out of that. Um, it was three seconds well spent. And um, I can't resist, as you know, I, yeah. I cannot resist. Um, um, no, actually, I've been Netflix binge watching on, on some, some, uh, some really, really good series that I think are available in North America. Coming from the UK, so uh, there's, a, there's an author called Harlan Coben. And he's released, he released Better three brilliant series, The, the Stranger. Uh, yeah. Giannis, yeah. just so the you Stranger. know, Alan yeah. Coben's brother, Craig, is hey. a co-host. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. Yes, silly me. Silly me. Yeah, um, and, and Harlan's really good at responding to twi- tweets as well. I've, I watched The Stranger, which came out. Oh, it's excellent. Which is, if you, oh, I've seen that too. That's incredible. Yeah, The, the Five, which the is... The Five um, is excellent which too. Is, and I just finished watching Safe, which is um, uh, from two years ago, and that's yep. it's with Richard Siegel. All three, Lopez, I would highly recommend really, all three, Giannis. I'm glad that you're talking about it because I'm a huge fan of Harlan's miniseries because they're fantastic. Yeah, they're, um, and there's another one that just came out actually. I, I was was pretty was actually very tough to watch, but brilliant acting. That was uh, called the first series called Save Me, um, and it's with um, Lenny James, who was the, the first. Um, the first crooked cop in Line of Duty series one, and uh, Stephen Graham, the Scouse, who was in Line of Duty uh, series six, and uh, and that is excellent. I think you can get that. Uh, you can. I'm not sure. You can probably get it on Apple TV, but it's called Save Me. It's very very okay. good. Okay. So, cool. Well, you know, so lots of things watching guys, while we're and... sitting here waiting. <laughs> well, I highly recommend all three series that you mentioned, Giannis, from Harlan Coben. It's funny because my wife was telling me that. I needed to watch the five because I had already watched Safe, and then I watched The Strangers. Like Russ, trust me, 
the five is probably even better, and that was the oldest one that has been out there. All three are excellent. Yeah, so I would highly recommend yeah, watching, watching all three. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I also want to mention, because we, we've talked about doing videos, we are planning a video series, and, and guys, I want you two to be a part of it as well. We have some very interesting things that we have in store for everyone even when foam come back, we're going to start doing videos. Uh, again, we're just in the planning stages on that, but we have something potentially that we're going to be doing very soon. So I just want to mention that to everyone. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Jan Shanaeus and Matt's Corner, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.